Hey Vessels, this is Love. And I'm Zion. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Voice of a Vessel Podcast, where we want to encourage and inspire you to be you. And where we grow in purpose, on purpose. This week, we're talking about identity, response, and a new interesting episode of Random Ridiculousness. Ma, you ready? Absolutely. Let's go. So one of my Facebook memories came up today, and it was a quote that I shared from Jefferson Pathak, and it says, identity has to come before activity, and anytime those get flipped, that's a dangerous place to be. That's where exhaustion happens, burnout happens, a lot of condemnation happens, because you put yourself on the treadmill of life, and it's really hard to get off of treadmills without turning it off. We have to remind ourselves that it's about identity first, then activity. Everything just kind of shut down or slowed down a lot. And I needed it because I was able to refocus and reset. And that was so important for me because as much as I don't want to say I was on a treadmill, I had to be because there was no other reason for me to slow down as far or as much as I did. But the bottom line is it was in that slowing down that I was able to reset. And so now I can immediately pick up on when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, when I'm not cultivating that relationship, when I'm not spending enough time in him, focusing on him because I get frustrated really easy. Things will get on my nerves or annoy me or I feel like I just have to do something. I need to respond in a certain way where I just need to respond, period. It's important that you cement yourself in your identity so that you keep yourself from just being in that hustle and bustle, that routine, that this is what I need to do, so this is what I'm doing. And I get that we all need to do things, but we can also prioritize. The number one priority is the most high. He's the number one priority. Once you find your identity and you realize that it's not about me, it's really none of me, it's all of him, then it becomes easy to complete the task that we're supposed to complete. It really does become easier because it just changes everything. It changes what you see. It changes how you see it. It changes how you respond. Everything just kind of works and falls in line as opposed to there always being some type of friction or tension or something. Once we are where we're supposed to be and realizing who we are and what it really is, then everything else just kind of works and you can relieve yourself from that treadmill. Like You don't even have to worry about that. You don't have no response to identity. Well, you talk about response and how you respond means everything. I think about the incident at Food Lion. Do you want to explain more about it or do you want me to? You can explain it. So we had went to a grocery store and we were at the deli section to get their fresh fried chicken. And they didn't have the amount that we wanted. So we had to wait for them to make some fresh chicken for us, which was no problem. But when we had asked the time, After one of the workers had responded, another individual came back and says, there you have it, almost in a condescending way. And knowing my mother, she can snap, go from zero to 100 really quickly if she's pushed to that point. And it can be the simplest thing that can take her off to that point. She's gotten a lot better over the years, (laughs) but I do know my mother. So when I heard the lady say, there you have it, I was like, oh, 
My mother turned around. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. And my mother asked what their name was. And the lady said, why? I was like, man, this is going to be a long day at Food Lion. We had a great day. So I was like, man, simplest thing can just ruin it, man. But my mother held her composure. Congratulations to my mom. She was like, you know what, Zion? Continue shopping. I'll be right back. In my head, I was like, she about to lose her job. <laughs> she about to lose her job. But I love my mother, and I can see that she's growing. I could tell that she had a nice conversation with the manager as I was getting the rest of the groceries. And she came back. She was like, Zion, I had a great conversation with the manager. And also, he felt so bad that he decided to cover the costs for our chicken. Now, look at God. Something that was meant to hurt us ended up helping us. Something that was meant to change the outcome of the day made it even better. But it was all in how she responded because usually she'll pop off. But no, she didn't. She was professional with the manager and she discussed the situation. And it was a great outcome because of it. So I applaud her response. And usually God works based on how you respond to the people that do you wrong. I would like to add that I'm super, super big on customer service. Just about every single part of my life is service. Matter of fact, you know, just about every single part of my life is service. Everything I do, I'm serving in some type of capacity and not self-serving. I didn't want my chicken to be comp. I've even said that to the manager. Like, I'm not asking for nothing. I'm not looking for anything. I appreciate customer service. And it was unnecessary. But it is the type of thing that could make somebody pop off. But instead of being that person, I decided to just go about it a different way. I agree. It's all in your response. Your response to whatever it is. I mean, I think there's like some quote that says life is only a small amount of what happens to you. What's greater is how you respond to it especially now of all times, it's just so important that we monitor how we respond to things. Not necessarily saying we're giving people passes. It's not even about that, right? The bottom line is, honestly, I'm realizing that it's not about anybody else. No other person walking the face of the earth, like it's not really about that. It's not about how they respond. It's not about their opinions. It's not about any of that. My responsibility is to love. And honestly, I can't even look at people because if I look at people, then I might not love. So I have to stay focused on him. I have to make it about me loving him instead of it making it about me loving everybody else. Like if I truly love him, then how can I not love everybody else? Honestly, like how is it possible that I truly love him and there is anybody that he created that I cannot love, that he put himself into? that he made in his image that I cannot love. I don't always hit that mark, but that's my focus. Hey, Zion. Yeah? I think it's time. Time for what? I think it's high time that you stop responding to me. Tell me some time for what? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I think it's time for some random ridiculousness. So if you have been following the podcast for a while, I have talked about how I love my Zion, but... There's just some things that I've kind of questioned over the years. I've accepted it all her life, and she will be honest enough to say it right here on the mic. However, it's a real thing when I say that my daughter talks to herself. We were having a conversation recently. And you talked about how sometimes you just need 
some time to yourself. Especially when you have the house to yourself, sometimes you'll just scream at the top of your lungs. And I didn't particularly agree with it because I personally don't do it. I can see how it could be a release, but I don't do that. I talk to myself. That is my release. She'll yell and she'll scream, but I like to talk it out within myself. So that's how the conversation started. And yeah, I do. Like I explained to Zion, I very rarely get time by myself with everybody being out of the house. And when I do, I relish those moments. Keyword, relish. I just told us that, you know, there's some things that I do, like when nobody's here. Like sometimes I just want to sit in complete silence. No background noise from another room, nothing. And sometimes I want to scream. It could be thank you. It could be yes. Or it just could be a scream. And I told her, I was like, if you've never done it, do it like scream something five times. Maybe thank you. Do it just a few times. If there's something in you that needs to kind of come to the surface, that'll definitely bring it to the surface. After that, like third or fourth, yes, like really powerful, yes, with everything in you. Let's hear a little example. How do you say your yes? I am not screaming on the mic. Oh, okay. (laughs) However, after that third time, if there's something in you, if it's emotion, if it's anger, if it's kind of like a weight, just whatever it is. After a couple of times of just really giving it your all and getting it all out, it makes you feel better. It can even push you to, you know, move you to tears. It could move you into worship. And so that's just kind of like my private release. What I do, I don't tell people about it. It's the first time I've said anything to anyone about it. And if you remember, when we first moved here, after everything we went through, I told the entire family that once we move into the house, we were all just going to be able to scream. Do you remember that? Yeah. We did it. And it felt so good, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is, some of us were moved to tears, remember? Yeah. And it's such a beautiful feeling. So that's my release. But what was so cool was listening to how talking to yourself keeps you accountable to yourself. Like how you talk through things and you kind of like explore and build. And that's set with yourself through conversation. Can you elaborate on that? So usually I just have just a scenario playing in my head and I'll have a response in this scenario and then I'll just let it play out. And then I'll think back on why did I say that when I could have did this? That was my first impulse. I need to go deeper and really think about it if that was to really happen or whatever. And it brings me back to a dream I had. I had a dream that something bad had happened to one of my friends and I witnessed it, but I hesitated before going to help them. I had played it like the hesitation was to get help or call for help or something, but the real purpose for the hesitation is because I was afraid. I was afraid of getting hurt to save somebody else. So that's where the hesitation came from. So it made me realize that sometimes I have fear of myself and I would never want to stop from doing the right decision because I'm afraid of what the outcome might be. And I realized first impulse, if I feel like I'm afraid, I'm not going to help anybody else. It's going to be a survival thing, which it shouldn't be. Right. That was good. We talked about like how important it is to have a way to hold yourself accountable. For me, it's my thought process. Like one thing will happen, which will trigger a lot of things in my mind. And the only way I can explain it is like dropping the marble into the machine. 
and watching it go through like a puzzle, different levels and kind of drops and shifts and everything until it finally gets to where it's supposed to be, which is like jackpot, right? But that's kind of like how my mind works and how I keep myself accountable. Like I'll think myself through things or even like at the end of the day, I'll think about something that happened during the day and then kind of check myself. Like you could have did better right there or, you know, you shouldn't have responded like that. I have those moments where it's like, what if that person didn't even mean that? And that's so important to me because in a culture, in a time, in a society, in a place where everybody feels like their opinion, whether positive or negative, is important. And I'm not making a judgment whether or not, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But it's it's when one person's judgment can hold so much weight that it can actually move someone to hurt themselves. And that's such an area that I just want to protect people because it's really not about them, right? It's not about what anybody else thinks or feels. It's just not about that. Like there's bigger things than the opinions or or thoughts of others. Although we love each other, we love everybody. We walk in love. We treat everybody with respect. It doesn't mean that everybody is going to do the same thing to us, but our response is important. The way we process it is important and the way we hold ourselves accountable so that next time, if something needs to be made better, it is. It's that accountability to ourselves to make sure that we are being a light in the earth, the salt of the earth, sharing the goodness of the most high. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your Lord. Speak softly and tenderly to Jerusalem, but also make it very clear that she has served her sentence and that her sin is taken care of, forgiven. She has been punished enough and more than enough, and now it's over and done with. Thunder in the desert, prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth, a highway fit for our God. Fill in the valleys, level off the hills. Smooth out the ruts, clear out the rocks. Then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. A voice says, shout, I say. What shall I shout? These people are nothing but grass. Their love fragile as wildflowers. The grass withers and the wildflowers fade. If God so much as puffs on them, aren't these people just so much grass? True, the grass withers and the wildflowers fade. But our God's word stands firm and forever. Climb a high mountain, Zion. You're the preacher of good news. Raise your voice and make it good and loud, Jerusalem. You're the preacher of good news. Speak loud and clear. Don't be timid. Tell the cities of Judah, look, your God. Look at him, God. The master comes in power, ready to go into action. He is going to pay back his enemies and reward those who have loved him, like a shepherd who cares for his flock. Gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, heading the nursing ooze to good pasture. Who has scooped up the ocean in his two hands or measured the skies between his thumb and his little finger? Who has put all the earth's dirt in one of his baskets, weighed each mountain and hill? Who could ever have told God what to do or taught him his business? What expert would he have gone to for advice? What school would he attend to learn justice? What God do you suppose might have taught him what he knows, showed him how things work, why the nations are but a drop in a bucket, a mere smudge on a window? Watch him sweep up the islands like so much dust off the floor. 
there aren't enough trees in lebanon nor enough animals in these vast forests to furnish adequate fuel and offerings for his worship all the nations add up to simply nothing before him less than nothing is more like it a minus so who even comes close to being like god to whom or what can you compare him some no god idol ridiculous it's made in a workshop cast in bronze given a thin veneer of gold and draped in silver filigree or perhaps someone will select a fine wood olive wood say that won't rot then hire a wood carver to make a no god giving special care to its base so it won't tip over have you not been paying attention have you not been listening haven't you heard these stories all your life don't you understand the foundation of all things god sits high above the round ball of earth the people look like mere ants he stretches out the skies like a canvas yes like a tent canvas to live under he ignores what all the princes say and do the rulers of the earth count for nothing princes and rulers don't amount to much like seeds barely rooted just sprouted they shrivel when god blows on them like flecks of chaff they're gone with the wind so who is like me who holds a candle to me says the holy look at the night sky who do you think made all this who marches this army of stars out each night counts them all calls them each by name so magnificent so powerful and never overlooks a single one why would you ever complain o jacob o wine israel saying god has lost track of me he doesn't care what happens to me don't you know anything haven't you been listening god doesn't come and go god lasts he's creator of all you can see or imagine he doesn't get tired out doesn't pause to catch his breath and he knows everything inside and out he energizes those who gets tired and give fresh strength to dropouts for even young people tire and drop out young folk in their prime stumble and fall but those who wait upon the lord get fresh strength they spread their wings and soar like eagles they run and do not get tired they walk and do not lag behind favorite chapter in the entire bible isaiah 40 the analogy is in wordplay is magnificent and still that doesn't even compare to the goodness of our lord keep your mind stayed on the lord and wait on him so we can soar like eagles do we like eagles i think about how eagles sometimes when they get older they pluck out the old feathers and it's a painful experience but they pluck out the feathers so when they grow new feathers for the new season they're able to soar like never before pluck out those old feathers so you can soar remember to be a voice be a vessel and always be you make sure to hit the subscribe button and check out our website at vesseltobleshu.com anything you want to hear on the show let us know we want to encourage and inspire you to be you shop our merch read the blog and check us out on facebook and instagram at vessel to bless you where we grow in purpose on purpose shout out to jay weeks with the dope beat where the music at